It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. The other side of midnight presents. What you're about to hear is not a news broadcast. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. This is the Morano mystery. I don't think there is a mystery that has more perplexed both authorities and the public over the last half century than the mystery of the Zodiac Killer. Well, if your memory is a little hazy of what exactly was happening back in the late 60s, early 70s, particularly in California... Let me play this for you. This is a news broadcast from 1978, 10 years after the Zodiac Killer first became known to the world. 1978 from ABC News. Listen to this. San Francisco was terrorized in the late 60s and early 70s by a man who called himself the Zodiac Killer. He claimed 37 murders. Police confirmed at least six. Four years ago, the killing stopped, and so did Zodiac's letter. Now there's another letter. For that, Tom Shell. San Francisco police displayed a blackboard with excerpts of the latest Zodiac letter at a news conference last night. Police are convinced it's authentic. Deputy San Francisco Police Chief Clem D'Amicus said it's the 16th letter received from the Zodiac Killer and the first since 1974. Letter number 16 has breathed new life into the investigation of at least six murders blamed on the Zodiac. Old files will be reviewed again. For the last nine years, the Zodiac investigation has been headed by homicide inspector David Tusky. I have always felt uh, a gut feeling that, that he was not dead and that he was out there somewhere and that he would communicate. I, I was always hoping that he would communicate and, and not commit an act. A letter I can handle. The latest letter from the Zodiac poses more questions than it answers. Questions like, why has he only communicated twice in the past nine years? Has he killed in that time? No clues in the latest letter. But more importantly, who is the Zodiac and where is he? Tom Shell, ABC News, San Francisco. The Zodiac Killer has been described as the most famous unsolved murder case in American history. It has been a fixture of popular culture and of public interest since the 1960s. You know, we eventually find everybody. Why can't we find this guy? Well, somebody that may have some of those answers is Dr. Mark Hewitt. He is an award-winning public speaker, a true crime author, and the writer of the acclaimed Zodiac Serial Killer series. Mark, it's great to have you on the radio. Thanks for joining me. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you for having me, Frank. So, Mark, before um, before we get into your research and your work, which I'm very interested in, tell me, uh, tell the audience, really, about the official story of the Zodiac Killer, beyond what I just, uh, beyond the thumbnail sketch that I just gave, what exactly does the public record, what does history say about the Zodiac Killer that is publicly indisputed by anybody? Well, your introduction was excellent. Uh, it, uh, it's a tremendous mystery that took place in California in the 60s and 70s. The body toll of uh, canonical murders is at 
uh, five in four different attacks. Ironically, uh, the same body count as Jack the Ripper was given. But there are so many disputed details of the case that uh, even that number is not certain because there may have been murders that took place prior to the canonical five, and there may have been murders uh, following the canonical five. So it's, uh, it, 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 it's a mystery wrapped in a mystery. So It started in 1968. The first murders happened in, outside of Vallejo, California, at a turnout off of Lake Herman Road. David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen were on their first date together. And during a six-minute window of opportunity, as they were parked uh, in a very darkened area, even today, 55 years later, it's uh, just as bleak and just as dark as it was then, uh, with very little traffic, but they were found at the end of that six-minute window, lying on the ground outside of their car, shot to death. You mentioned... The police. Sorry, go ahead. Go, oh, the, the police couldn't solve it, and then uh, seven months later, in 4th of July, only about three miles away from there, another couple, Darlene Farron and Michael Majot, went to the Blue Rock Springs Park and were parking there, and somebody came along and under the guise of being a police officer, opened fire on them and killed Darlene. She was uh, dead on arrival at the hospital. Uh, Michael Majot miraculously survived. Hmm. And then a few months later, on the shores of Lake Berryessa, Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard were spending time together. And a costumed stranger approached them, pulled a knife, uh, pulled, up, pulled a gun on them, and spent time trying to calm them down, saying, all I want is your money, all I want is your car keys, my car is hot. He ended up not taking their money, not taking the car keys. And once he had them hogtied on the ground, he pulled out a long butcher-style knife and started stabbing them. Cecilia Shepard died two days later, and Brian Hartnell, again, another male, miraculously survived. Then exactly two weeks later, in the Presidio Heights district of San Francisco, Paul Stein, a cab driver who had been hailed by his passenger in the theater district of downtown San Francisco, was taken out to the Presidio Heights district and shot to death as he uh, parked the cab at the side of the road. And that is as much as we know for certain about the murders committed by the Zodiac serial killer. So the the five that are confirmed... um it sounds like everybody except for the cab driver tends to fit the the same sort of a profile. Is that right? That is correct. And so there were questions as to why the cab driver, why a lone male, why downtown San Francisco? It seemed to be a, a radical change from his M.O., possibly because he was gunning for additional large city uh, publicity or he was trying to prove to his detractors that, yes, he could kill a male when he wanted to. Um, we're, we're left to speculate. The the uh, fact that he wrote letters is not in and of itself unusual. The son of Sam did something similar. Some other killers over the years have done similar things. Who did he write letters to, and what did the letters say? He wrote uh, as many as 20 letters. There are a lot of disputed letters. Uh, at that time, it was such a huge story that there were literally hundreds of fake letters sent to various individuals and various police departments. 
Uh, but uh, canonically, it's more like around 16 that have been agreed upon as uh, authentic Zodiac letters. They were sent to uh, news off, news, uh, newspapers. They were sent to the police. They were sent to uh, one was sent to a victim, uh, a victim's father um, and other other notable figures, such as Melvin Belli, a high profile attorney in San Francisco at the time. The uh, you mentioned some were confirmed authentic, others were just claimed. Uh, how did they authenticate these letters? W- how would authorities or even newspaper writers know that a letter they got was really from the Zodiac killer and not from a prankster or a mentally ill person or or just someone else? Well, that's exactly it. That's that's the question that we struggle with even today. The state of California had the cases uh, and and unified them and oversaw the uh, the investigation into them, but they did use, utilize the uh, services of the FBI. And so FBI uh, handwriting specialists were uh, tasked to examine each one of the letters and to um, make a make a make a decision whether whether they were authentic zodiac letters or not. But even among experts within California and within the FBI, there were disagreements about which ones were authentic and which ones were not. I see. I see. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Mark Hewitt. If you're interested in learning more about the Zodiac Killer, you should check out his book. And uh, we're going to tell you uh, how you can get that in a moment. Mark, and uh, as far as you're concerned, well, let me actually begin with this. Why do we call this particular killer the Zodiac Killer? What's the significance of invoking astrological signs when describing pretty gruesome murders? The killer himself, in one of his early letters, gave himself that name. He began the letter with the ominous and what would later become iconic phrase, this is the Zodiac speaking. Well, it was such a disturbing phrase and developed such an uproar in the area that the killer appears to have latched onto it. And almost every subsequent letter began with that as a title, this is the Zodiac speaking. What exactly it meant? is a hotly debated topic because there doesn't seem to be much of a, um, of a connection to astrology. Uh, it's been noted that uh, the word zodiac and the crosshair symbol, which the zodiac also used, occurred in, on a watch or on a, uh, a car that was uh, produced in, the, in Great Britain. But exactly why he chose that name um, remains a mystery. Okay, and as far as you're concerned, obviously the investigation wasn't successful because they never caught the person responsible for it. But how did the investigation go? How did law enforcement do in handling this investigation? Was the reason that there were no arrests because there was any sort of uh, inappropriate conduct or incompetence in the investigation? Or did they do everything that could have been done? That's also highly debated, uh, a hot topic. I, for one, believe that the police did a relatively good job of what they could do for the time period. They had very um, low-level forensics. A search of a, of a crime scene was basically looking around for shelves or footprints or tire tracks, and then after an hour or two, releasing it to the, uh, releasing the, the scene to the public. If the same events had happened today, 
the crime scenes would have been scoured for at least 24 hours and they would be looking for hairs and uh, trace evidence, fibers, uh, and any, any other information. It, remember, this is a time prior to computers, so there's no computing of, uh, there's no filing of fingerprints and there's no DNA. This is all, all pre-DNA, pre-computers. So um, it, they had a monumental task ahead of them and I think they did a fairly decent job. You read the police reports and they did the follow-up uh, examinations and questions and uh, as best they could. The, uh, the public got involved by sending in tips, but that was kind of a two-edged sword because for every one good tip they got, if they did get any tips, they got 100 people calling up and turning in an enemy or a son-in-law or an ex-boyfriend saying he's the guy. So it was really a deluge of tips that the police got sure. more than uh, more than they could re- reliably handle. But just for the record, they never they never caught him. Did they make any arrests uh, of suspects in this case? They made a, an arrest of a couple who happened upon the couple who uh, was was shot at uh, Blue Rock Springs Park. Um, but that. Um, was kind of uh, on suspicion of murder, but, you know, they didn't have anything to do with it, and they were quickly cleared. And what sparked your interest in this case, Mark? My interest is the mystery of it, the psychology of it, the uh, complexity of it, and the fact that despite all of the cast-off evidence that the killer left at crime scenes and sent through letters, he was never caught. By all rights, he should have been caught with all that uh, all that he left behind. You mentioned the uh, the psychology of it. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people find so troubling about this. Do we know from the letters or anywhere else what the motive was for the Zodiac killer killing all these innocent people? Not clearly. There are suggestions of what a motive might be. It, it, possibly he was out to get attention. He may have uh, been a person who lived a very uh, drab, unexciting life, and uh, he was a person who was ineffectual, as most serial killers tend to be. And this was his opportunity to get some attention. You mentioned uh, the son of Sam, David Berkowitz. That's a close, uh, a close. Uh, crime spree that uh, to the serial killer and once David Berkowitz was arrested despite his letters and despite his poetry and great boasts he turned out to be a very ineffective uh person looking for his moment in the limelight mm. so that may have been the, the the killer's motive but also there tends to be in most serial killers a sexual component to what they're doing they twist violence and sexuality together cannot separate the two and for them, killing somebody or threatening to kill somebody uh, brings along with it a sexual thrill for them. All right. A million-dollar question. Let me ask you to answer the question which law enforcement has been unsuccessful in answering for more than a half a century. Who is or who do you believe is the Zodiac Killer? My research has pointed me toward Theodore Kaczynski, the Unabomber. When I first heard that idea that he was even considered as a suspect in the Zodiac serial killing case, 
I thought it was preposterous. I thought it was ridiculous. I thought it was the dumbest suggestion ever until I began to look into the life of Theodore Kaczynski. Um, Ted Kaczynski was a professor, mathematics professor at UC Berkeley from 1967 to 1969. The first murder happened during the Christmas of his final year of being a teacher. One month later, he resigned from his position. His final day at work was June the 30th, 1969. Four days later, the second attack of the Zodiac serial killer happened. The two years following Ted Kaczynski's time as a Berkeley professor, are he is mostly unaccounted for. He was not working except for a couple periods, maybe maybe one or two periods of a couple months at the most. He used his parents' address as Lom- in Lombard, Illinois, as his home address at that time, but he was not permanently affixed to that address. And during those same two years, the bulk of the Zodiac murders and the bulk of the Zodiac letters took place. And then following Ted Kaczynski's move to Montana, to build his cabin and start his work as the Unabomber, he uh, only a single Zodiac letter was sent. Now, that seems to make uh, a lot of sense. He's in Northern California at the time that these murders are taking place. He clearly has shown a willingness to be violent after that. And um, the evidence that you just laid out makes a lot of sense to me. And there's a bunch of other things that you just didn't mention, but you've covered before. Their shared interest in cryptography, uh, the fact that he wanted the press to publish his writings, which is very consistent with what he did with the manifesto. And law enforcement did indeed investigate uh, the connections of Ted Kaczynski to the Zodiac killings. But... They found, both the FBI and the San Francisco Police Department, that it was not him based on fingerprint and handwriting comparisons and by his absence from California on certain dates, which they say was dates that known Zodiac activity have taken place. What do you say uh, to that, Mark, The, uh, the handwriting, the fingerprints and the absence from California on certain dates? What you have said, I have heard before, obviously, and has been uh, posted on the Internet. Neither the FBI nor the SFPD has come out and cleared Ted Kaczynski. Nobody has said it couldn't be him. It's not him, uh, except for individuals. I would say that uh, the the, uh, police would also confess and also admit that none of the fingerprints that they have collected in the case is absolutely without question from the Zodiac serial killer. They may not have any fingerprints from the Zodiac. Um, The claim that Ted Kaczynski was somewhere else during the commission of certain crimes or letters that were sent is demonstrably false. I think what people have said is, oh, he was living in Lombard, Illinois, following his time at Berkeley. So he wasn't in Northern California when the letters were sent and when some of the murders were committed. Well, that's not true. Ted did not stay in Lombard, Illinois. His mother reported numerous trips that Ted took, um, unexpected and uh, unannounced trips where he would just disappear from his home for a while. So it is entirely plausible that he spent time back on the West Coast in a place that he was very familiar with during during those two years.
the um, Ted Kaczynski is still in, still alive. Obviously, he's in um, federal prison serving eight consecutive life sentences right now. His brother, David, has also been very vocal. He's uh, described his relationship with his brother publicly. He's become sort of an advocate on various criminal justice issues. I'm curious if you've sought an audience with either Ted or David and what, if anything, those efforts resulted in. I've written to both of them. My younger brother David did not reply to my letter sent to him. I began a correspondence with uh, Ted for about two years. So you actually wrote from and him. corresponded with the Unabomber himself for two years? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I, um, I was a little bit mischievous in contacting him. I told him that I was very interested in his manifesto and that it had moved something within me. And I was looking to do something with my feelings toward the manifesto. And what would he recommend I do? Well, he uh, lapped up that, uh, that offer as a sociopathic serial killer would and got very excited that he could dominate and manipulate me. And so we entered into a bit of a manipulation dance where we were each trying to manipulate the other person. And I got a handful of letters from him. I think it was five or six of them. Those I found interesting and and helpful for my research because a lot of the phrases that he used in the letters sounded to me a lot like phrases that uh, I had read in Zodiac letters. And then uh, a friend of his apparently did a Google search on my name and found out that I was uh, involved in editing a journal Mm. on the Zodiac serial killer and let Ted know. And then I got a nasty letter from Ted and that nasty letter, the final letter I ever received from him sounded an awful lot like the final letter that um, the Zodiac sent to the, the, the press, the, uh, the infamous um, um, uh, Mikado letter. I, I'm sorry, the. Um, well, the, the particular name of that letter doesn't necessarily make make uh, a difference. This, but it was his final letter, and it had some similarities to the final letter you received. Very interesting. Talking with Mark Hewitt. By the way, Mark, we're just scratching the surface on this. If people are interested in learning more, um, based on what your research has shown and your books, what's the best book for them to start with, and what, what's the best place for them to get it? Well, the. Um... I've published three books. The uh, Zodiac Serial Killer series is a trilogy of three books. The first book has been acclaimed as the most detailed and most accurate treatment of the case with simply the details of the attacks, the letters, the effects that it had on the public and how the police went about their investigation. That's hunted the Zodiac murders, and I would recommend that if somebody was interested in getting to know the nuts and bolts of the case in in great uh, granularity. That book, as all of my books, are available, as they say, wherever books can be found. Um, If your bookstore doesn't have it, they can order it for you. It's uh, available on Amazon, and if money is an issue, please go to your library, and you can request it from them, and if they don't have it, they'll get it for you. That's good advice. We've been talking with Mark Hewitt. You could search him on Amazon or elsewhere at H-E-W. I uh, T T Mark, um, do you do you believe that there's a possibility there could have been multiple killers? It's quite unlikely. It's a theory that most people 
gravitate toward when they first look into the case because uh, there, there's so many moving parts to the case. I came to the conclusion that it was a single individual based on the fact that the psychology of an individual who would say the things that he said and do the things that he did would have a very difficult time working with somebody else. Um, coupled with the fact that teen serial killers, and there have been a few in history that have been caught and have been identified, tend not to write letters to the police and the press wow. for the simple reason that they have each other to deal with. They right. don't they don't need to reach out beyond themselves. Well, that's that's a great point. Hey, what are you hoping is the next step in this investigation and potentially getting law enforcement to look at Ted Kaczynski as the Zodiac killer again? I don't know. The, the police um, have a lot of interest in looking into Ted Kaczynski at this point, unless something else came along. I my my greatest dream is that the army of Zodiac researchers, the Zodiologists who are found throughout the world, some who have never even visited California before, I will continue to look into the case and dig deeper and deeper into the details, looking at a variety of suspects. And it's my hope that a future technology will come along to aid the investigation. Um, I'm looking at uh, artificial intelligence most recently. Um, for some of the ways in which uh, these bots uh, give them a couple of decades worth of, uh, of growth from where they are right now, they may be able to look at the letters in great detail and compare them to the breadth of every uh, available piece of literature that's uh, available on the Internet. Yeah, no, that's um, that is cause for optimism for the future. Mark, great conversation. I'd love to have you back sometime soon and we could talk about your uh, work on the Manson murders and Charles Manson specifically. Absolutely. Uh, Mark Hewitt, thank you very much. Check out his website, Dr. Hewitt, doctor spelled out, drhewitt.com. And you can check out this award winning Zodiac Murder series. Really interesting stuff. I find it is anyway. You want to comment, you're welcome to do so. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. 